Welcome to Travel First with Alex First. On our third day in Moscow, my wife and I were sorry to bid farewell to our beautiful room at the five-star Marriott Hotel Novi Arbat, with its spacious rooms and large and inviting lobby area, complete with bar. Most of all, though, I was going to miss what I call the chef's special omelette, crammed with all sorts of veggies. While we'd visited the Kremlin the previous day, what we didn't see was the armory chamber, and the expression, we didn't know what we were missing, certainly fits in this case. We paid 700 rubles each, that's around 15 Australian dollars to enter, You do that through a separate entrance to the rest of the Kremlin. And unlike the Kremlin, the entrance fee includes an audio guide of the exhibits. There are set entry times each day, four at least, but on the day we visited, they added another. They allow two hours for the visit. We took more than four, but that included a separate trip to the Diamond Fund of Russia exhibition, which is located in the same building. More on that in a moment. The armory chamber contains thousands of exhibits, some made in the Kremlin workshops and others accepted as ambassadorial gifts. Superbly presented in nine rooms, there's so much to see, so much to take in. Magnificent. We saw ancient state regalia, ceremonial royal garments and coronation dresses, the largest collection of gold and silverware made by Russian craftsmen, arms and armory, and a brilliant collection of stunning carriages, along with much, much more. Each of the exhibits has alongside it a brief description in English as well as Russian. So much of it was ornate, all of it so very well preserved. Among my greatest fancies was the St. Basil's Cathedral Fabergé egg, made under the supervision of Russian jeweller Peter Karl Fabergé in 1906 for Tsar Nicholas II, who presented it as an Easter gift to his wife, Alexandra Fedorovna. It's one of several Fabergé eggs in the collection at the Armoury. There are also many breathtakingly beautiful and complex altar gospel book covers that I kept returning to. My admiration for the handicraft knew no bounds. The fur-lined diamond crowns made for the Tsars Ivan and Peter Alexevich in the 1680s made quite the impression as did their double throne, something I'd never seen before, constructed in the same period. I was gobsmacked by the beauty and grandeur of the royal carriages, including a multi-seater winter sled coach made in Moscow in 1732. While I abhor the use of violence, it was difficult not to admire the detailed work in the muskets made in Holland in the first quarter of the 17th century and the hunting rifles from Turkey from the 18th century. I was taken by so much, including an oval crystal bowl featuring a silver archer with a cocked bow in hand pointing at a wild animal on the far side of the item. So we spent two and a half hours wandering from room to room and trying to take in the splendour that is this incredible showpiece of an exhibition. I earlier referenced the Diamond Fund exhibition in the same building. That exhibition opened in 1967, showcases the state regalia of Russia, jewellery and insignia from the 18th and 19th centuries. Breathtaking they are too. In the first room you enter, there's a collection of gold and platinum nuggets of various shapes and sizes, just as they were when they were dug up. 
That includes an absolute whopper, a triangular beast, as I call it, which weighs more than, wait for it, 36,000 grams that hits you between the eyes when you see it. A number are named after their shape, like little boot, camel, horsehead, rabbit's ears, and dolphin. The exhibition starts with the introduction of coloured minerals, precious and semi-precious stones, topaz, emerald, and aquamarine, as well as quartz and much more. As you step along, you get to see massive amounts of diamonds. I really mean massive, starting with rough diamonds from Russian deposits and those named after famous people and events. The largest is a 342-carat golden yellow diamond, I dare say worth just a tad more than I can afford. All beautifully presented. My favourite showpiece was the Grand Imperial Crown used during all coronations from Empress Catherine II in 1762 to Empress Nicholas II in 1896. It's decorated with nearly 5,000 diamonds and a unique, opaque, 398-carat ruby spinel. That's a gemstone on the top. Just stunning. What would a collection of state regalia be without an orb and scepter? The latter decorated with the gleaming 189-carat Orlov diamond. Among the many highlights in the second room is the 88-carat Shah diamond, which is engraved with the names of the rulers that own the stone. You're listening to Travel First with Alex First. Entry to the Diamond Fund of Russia exhibition is 500 rubles, or just over 10 Australian dollars, which also gives you a free audio guide. In this case, that guide greatly enhances the experience. You learn a lot. I'd highly recommend a visit to it and to the armory. One thing to note, when you enter the Kremlin and the armory, as part of that, you're not allowed to take photos of the exhibits. Exteriors are fine, but don't try to sneak a shot inside. Not once did I see anyone even attempt it. Respect for the rules is important. Then was off for a feed at a place we'd frequented three times. Gave us plenty of choice. It's called Obed Buffet. That's O-B-E-D and Buffet with a single F. It's situated in New Arbat Street, a few hundred metres from the Marriott Hotel Novi Arbat. You can dine in or take away. Have a sumptuous and hearty meal for about 10 Australian dollars per person. The website claims they make more than 350 dishes each and every day, including grills, pasta, pizza and pastries. Let's just say it hit the mark very, very nicely. Then we caught a taxi using our Get app, Get being G-E-T-T, the equivalent of Uber, which also operates in Moscow. We caught that to the Moscow Marriott to Veskaya Hotel, that's T-V-E-R-S-K-A-Y-A, one of a dozen in the Marriott chain located in the city. But notably, the Tverskaya was the first. Opened in 1995, it has charm and beauty and a gorgeous atrium and glass roof with 162 rooms over eight floors. We're sure to enjoy our couple of nights here, complete with a wholesome and delicious buffet breakfast. You've been listening to Travel First. For more, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the full podcast at Stitcher and iTunes or your favourite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com.